Yeah, Friday! You have reached episode 41 of the Ranting Weight Watcher. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If the podcast app you're listening to me on allows you to rate the show, please leave a four-star or five-star rating. Any rating is greatly appreciated. Man, oh man. I got a packed episode today. I got a hot topic. And I got a lot to say about it. And it's probably going to go a little longer than a typical episode. But sit back, relax, and let's enjoy this together. Let's get into this. Journey updates. Okay, guys. Had a good week. We are down 0.8 this week. So not a crazy amount lost, but not any gain. And we're doing good. I'm happy with that. It was enough to get me into the 130 range, that's for sure. So for the month of May, we end off May down 4.2 pounds. Total since January 2019, we are down 130.6 pounds. Our distance to get to 253 pounds, which is what I'm going to start calling my break the chains goal. I call it that because a very dramatic thing happened in middle school and I was 253 pounds, I will get into it once I hit it. I'll tell the whole story. I may have told the story before, but I'm not really sure in a previous episode. But when I get to 253 pounds, I will tell the story because that will be the day I can break that emotional chain on my life. That, that'll be the day I get into it. Until then, it is a goal to get to 253 pounds, and we are 12 pounds away from that goal. The next milestone WW goal is 19.4 pounds away, and that's the minus 150-pound goal. And my big goal of losing 200 pounds and then re-evaluating life at that point, I am 69.4 pounds away from that goal. For the longest time, I was 70-some-odd pounds away. Now, that first number is a six, so we're breaking it down. We are breaking it down. And there's so many things I've learned since I started on this journey. And one of those things is about snacking. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Snacking kind of has taken on this very negative connotation, and rightfully so, because people use this term in a very broad manner. And last week the subject topics of all the workshops were negative self-talk versus positive self-talk. And so whenever the subject breaks into this, you get a lot of the people who snack and are not 
doing well controlling their snacking, coming up and talking about how they talk about themselves negatively because they snack. And so I want to take today's podcast and I want to take the angle that snacking is not bad. Snacking is good as long as you do it the right way. Now, I have an article here from medlineplus.gov and I'm I'm not going to read the whole article because it's a long article, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the link in the show notes. So when you look at the description of the show, it'll be there in case you want to read over it and see what else it says. I'm not going to get into what is a healthy snack. We all know what is the difference between a healthy snack and an unhealthy snack. We understand how that is. I'm not going to get into that. But I want to I am going to get into the sections of the article that talk about importance of snacking, you know, how 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 it could affect your journey in a positive way versus the negative image that snacking seems to have. The title of the article is called Snacking for Adults or Snacks for Adults, I'm sorry. For almost anyone trying to watch their weight, choosing healthy snacks can be a challenge. Even though snacking has developed a bad image, snacks can be an important part of your diet. They can provide energy in the middle of the day or when you exercise. A healthy snack between meals can also decrease your hunger and keep you from overeating at mealtime. There are many snacks to choose from, and certainly not all snacks are healthy or will help you manage your weight. Try to limit the unhealthy snacks you bring into your house. If they are not available, you are more likely to make healthy choices. What makes a healthy snack? The size of the snack should reflect a good balance between enough calories to satisfy you, but still not too many to to promote unwanted weight gain. Pick foods that are low in added sugar and high in fiber and water. You will consume fewer calories, but stay full longer. This means an apple is healthier than a bag of chips. Aim for fruits, vegetables, whole grain snacks, and low-fat dairy. Limit foods and drinks that contain added sugar. Fresh fruit is a healthier choice than flavored a flavored drink. Foods and drinks that list sugar and or corn syrup as their first ingredients are not healthy snack choices. Pairing protein with a carbohydrate will help the snack keep you fullest for the longest. Examples including having an apple and string cheese, whole wheat crackers with peanut butter, carrots and hummus, or plain yogurt with fresh fruit. Put snacks in small plastic containers or bags so they can easily they can be easy to carry in a pocket or in a backpack. Putting snacks in containers helps you eat the right size portion, plan ahead and bring your own snacks to work. Limit junk food. Snacks like chips, candy, cake, cookies and ice cream. The best way to keep from eating junk food or other unhealthy snacks is to not have these foods in your house. Never allowing an unhealthy snack or sweets may result in sneaking 
for these foods or overindulging in them later on. The key is balance and moderation. I felt like that was a really helpful topic because that's, it's not, the word just got a bad rap in reality because of a bunch of people who can't control themselves in reality, which is the majority of us. We wouldn't be in the position we're in if we were good at snacking, right? But the the point being is we need to break the idea of snacks being bad and take advantage of them in a good way. Now, when I used to, when I first, I mean, before I started Weight Watchers for this time in 2019, I was not a snacker in the traditional sense. I would snack. My snacks were more like a meal. So if I was hungry, I was less likely to go for a piece of cake, sweets of some sort, candy, chips, crackers, stuff like that, and more likely to go into the drawer, grab the cold cuts, make myself a sub, and still grab the chips to go along with it. But that would be a snack in my eyes, okay? So when I when I came to Weight Watchers in 2019, I, I was, you know, 395, right? So I got 54 points a day to start off with. And this, the management of these points was presented itself to be a challenge to me in the beginning because when I was dealing with it, I often would end the night with 20 plus points because I would eat as much as I could eat during the day and still taking advantage of zero point foods. I would co I would enter the evening after dinner and have anywhere between 20 and 25, say 24, 25 points. And I would use them all on snacking. Now, the delusion I was under is as long as I was choosing Weight Watchers friendly snacks, I was going to do okay here, right? Now, Weight Watchers friendly snacks are low in points. So having 20 plus points, I was eating a lot of snacks at the end of the night, which isn't good. It's just not good. So in the in the beginning, just because of the different way of snacking, I still lost weight. Going from a sub at some god-awful time at night to Weight Watcher bars, you know, whether protein bars, granola bars, whatever it is, or other Weight Watcher snacks, going from one to the other is still going to cause weight loss. Now, at some point, the body catches up, right? So now you get used to eating these foods and your body no longer starts to drop weight or no longer is dropping weight. And so I realized relatively quickly, probably like three or four weeks in, that the scale was slowing down, and I really had to get my head on straight and realize that 20 points of snacks in the middle of the, in the, in the evening after dinner was not a good time to eat them. And if I was going to eat all 54 points of my day, it would, be, it would have to be spread out more and used more evenly throughout the day. It cannot, I could not be left with 20 points at the end of the night after having dinner. First choice I made, now there's a, there's a healthy eating zone for everyone, right? And at the time, the healthy eating zone was 10 points less than your daily allotment. All the way up to, I want to say, 
eight points over or six points over, something like that. I don't remember the exact amount of points over, but the lower end, so if I had 54 points, if I ate 44, I was still in the healthy eating zone. And even if I ate 50, uh, 60 points, I believe, let's say it's six. Just for the hell of it, let's say it's six. If I ate 60 points instead of 54, I would still be in a healthy eating zone. Right? So I made this agreement with myself to limit the, I, the, limit the ability to have 20 points at the end of the night. I started to say, I am going to stay at 44. I am not going to use 10 points of the evening every day. I would, so in, as, even though the app said I had 54 points available, I was only using 44. That was the first change I made. From there, I spread them out evenly between breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Take, still taking advantage of zero-point foods. I didn't stop doing that. But also, my idea of a snack, because of where I came from, so because my idea of a snack when I wasn't on Weight Watchers was to go for a sub, a whole sandwich, instead of grabbing cookies, cake, chips, crackers, like the typical person would. So when I entered the Weight Watchers world, I had this whole open box or uh, outside of the box mentality when it came to what is a snack, okay? And I feel like that's a big problem also because people are very close-minded when it comes to the word snack into what it actually is they're going to eat. Anything can be a snack. Anything can be a meal. I hate calling it a snack because all of those little foods, those junk foods, are called snacks. So I tend not to say I'm having a snack. I tend to say I have meals. And um, I'm going to get more into how many meals I have. But first, we're going to take a break. So stick with me. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to The Ranting Weight Watcher. If you would like to connect on social media, we would love to connect with you. On the Weight Watchers Connect app, search for at Ranting Weight Watcher. All of our other social media links can be found at www.therantingweightwatcher.com. You can also email the show, say hello or share your story with us. Send your emails to therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Are you interested in Ranting Weight Watcher merchandise? The Ranting Weight Watcher merchandise store is officially open for business. Head over to www.therantingweightwatcher.com, scroll down past the welcome section to find the link to the merchandise store. Thank you so much for your support of the show. If this is your first time here, and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. We are proud to announce that The Ranting Weight Watcher has been rated number 6 in Feedspot.com's Top 10 Weight Watchers Podcasts. Click the link in the show's description if you wish to see the full list. If the podcast app you are listening with allows you to rate the show, please leave a 4-star or 5-star rating, whatever is in your heart to leave. Any rating is greatly appreciated. And now, without further delay, here is the star of the show, Donato Russo. And we are back. 
Thanks for sticking with me. So we've been talking about snacking today. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to really go down the rabbit hole of snacking right now. I'm going to stretch the limits about snacking more than probably you ever thought possible because like I said in the, in, before the break, my idea of snacking before I even started Weight Watchers was to make myself a sandwich. It was never to go after a bag of chips and that's it. It was never to go have sweets and, and whatever else. It was to make a sandwich. So what is a sandwich? A sandwich in your eyes and, and everyone's eyes is a meal. So my outside of the box mentality was I didn't have to have Weight Watchers snacks. I could have anything and call it a snack. We had grilled chicken prepared at all times. I could easily grab a whole grilled chicken breast and call it a snack. And I did many times. Not going to lie to you. I took advantage of it, especially because the grilled chicken was zero points. And my mentality quickly became do everything it takes to never feel hungry. Because I had read a few articles at the time. We're talking about probably August, somewhere between August and, and October 2019, where I really started adopting this mentality. And the idea of small meals versus snacks. And the idea of eating out of necessity or instead of eating out of hunger, okay? And so that includes eating when I'm not hungry. Eating because it's time to eat, not eating because I'm hungry. It is my firm belief that if you adopt this mentality and you stick to it, you see, your body, my body, is designed to do one thing. It's designed to survive, to survive at all costs. So let's say your brain, just to make you understand this a little better, let's say your brain is split in half, okay? And on one side of your brain is everything that makes you, you. Your personality is all controlled on one side of the brain, okay? And then on the other side of the brain is the function of the body, everything that the brain does without you thinking about it. When you wave to somebody, how your hand automatically comes up and waves to that person. When your eyes, when your eyelids blink because your brain knows you need to blink your eyes in order to keep them moist. You don't do that with thinking. Your brain just controls it because it knows it needs to do these things for your eyes to survive, and whatever else, okay? Again, the brain is almost almost a separate entity. You, your personality, what makes you who you are is a separate entity from your brain because your brain is like, okay, yeah, I know you, I know who you are, but you know what? I don't have time to deal with your emotional baggage because I have to make sure your heart keeps pumping. I got to make sure all the nerve endings are working in your body. I got to make sure you blink at the right times. I got to make sure when you go and say hello to someone, number one, your voice works. Number two, your hand comes up to wave to them. I have to make sure all those things work. So pardon me for not caring how you think you feel when you look in the mirror. That's how the body is designed. 
your feelings when you're staring at your body are not part of the equation. They are so far out of the equation that it's only important to you, nobody else, literally nobody else. And when you make decisions like I'm going to starve myself or I'm, uh, I'm, re- I'm regimenting myself to only eat at certain times of the day, only eat at, and you know, regardless of what it is, I'm eating three times a day, all these things, right? And then you add ex- exercise into the equation because you're trying to lose weight. In the beginning, you will lose weight because it, your body just really has no choice but to lose it. But at some point, you'll stop losing weight. And the brain will then get control of the situation. And if you're someone who regularly starves themselves, or starve is a bad word, if you're not someone who adopts what I call schedule eating, then your body might get into this mode where it doesn't trust you because you're the one making the emotional decisions, right? So when it comes time and you're in an emotional state and you're pigging out or when it's time and you're determined and you're not eating at all, your body is actively making decisions during these times, okay? So let's say you're determined. Let's say you're motivated. And let's say you decide you're going to go and burn 3,000 calories a day but only take in 800. That's showing the world you're dedicated to what you're doing And as long as you take in more calories or take in less calories than you burn, you're going to lose weight, except that's not how it works because there's a balance between calories burned and calories taken in. There's a balance to be found, caloric balance. If you burn too many calories and you don't take in enough, your brain makes that switch and says, hey, we need fuel. It's not taken into consideration whatever fat exists in your body already because your body has already made a decision on that fat that that fat was for reserves, okay? And only in extreme situations will it be used. But when you go into these starvation modes and you hold back food, your body it's my belief that your brain, the side that controls everything else that's not makes you who you are, makes the decision that it doesn't trust you and says the next time he or she eats, store it all as fat because we don't know when we're getting our next meal. Why do I feel this way? Because when I started to eat in a scheduled regimen, all of the sudden the scale started moving again. And I'm talking, I, I was pretty strict with myself. And I still am to this day because I see that it works. I'm never hungry. And if I am, it's because I allowed myself to go off schedule. My foods are prepared. They are in little Ziploc bags and ready to go. This is Monday through Friday. And so on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, when we're at the pool enjoying the day or we're out and about doing things, picking things up from the store and all this stuff. That's when the schedule gets thrown off. Do I get mad at myself for getting thrown off? No. I make up for it, move on, and keep going. Now, just to give you an idea, I eat five times a day. Monday through Friday, five times a day. Saturday, sometimes it's because of scheduling, 
you could say definitely three, sometimes four. Okay? Now, my my schedule eating starts at 6.30 in the morning. First breakfast is at 6.30 in the morning. And I am going to make a video about this at some point to show you what my meals look like. But we're talking about high fiber English muffin, two scrambled eggs, hot peppers, some and the Velveeta cheese that's, I believe, one point a slice. So the entire first breakfast is four points. Now, you may not like how I use my points. That does not mean you cannot work or you can say, oh, Don, I don't have as many points as you. I get that. And there are substitutions and different ways of using this system to adopt or to adapt to the amount of points you get, okay? So after that first meal, I drink 80 ounces of water. All of this happens before 7 a.m. So I start drinking the 80 ounces while I'm eating the breakfast, and I finish my 80 ounces before 7 a.m. Now, why do I go so crazy eat drinking 80 ounces of water? Number one, I want to get half my body weight in water before I punch out at four. I want to do that. That's just the way I, I work. So I get the first 80 ounces in before 7 a.m. because, and I do it so quickly because I want to drink coffee. And I made a deal with myself that I would never not take a sip of coffee until 80 ounces of water was drink, was taken in. And that's what I do. The 80 ounces goes down, 7 a.m. comes, I'm done drinking. Now I could pour my cup of coffee, my first cup of coffee for the day. Drink that cup of coffee, 7.30 comes, I start work. I have my second cup of coffee. Now at some point we get to the 10 o'clock mark. So somewhere between 10 and 10.30, second breakfast comes about. Now my second breakfast is even bigger than the first, points-wise. Food-wise, yes and no. I have both a Chobani yogurt, which is four points because I choose the one that's fruit on the bottom. They have ones that are less points than that. I get it. This is the one I choose. I choose this because I have the points available. The second thing I have is, it's called Hood College Cheese. I'm sorry, Hood Cottage Cheese with Pineapple. The container is, I forget how many ounces it is, but it's two points for the container. I also eat that. Now, along with that, I eat an apple and a banana. That is second breakfast. Sometimes a pear is also added there. Not every time, not every day of the week. But sometimes a pear is also with the apple and the banana. Now, again, I'm not hungry all the time. 10 o'clock, I've gotten to the point that I'm hungry at 10 o'clock. Um, and I, I mean, at least I feel it. Not, I'm not starving or anything like that. So the next, the next snack, the one I call the actual snack, is coming at 12 o'clock or 12.30. And now this snack is a half of a bell pepper, a cup of uh, baby carrots, and either the pear that I didn't have at first, second breakfast, or, depending on the day of the week, a protein bar. So one of two, those two things. Monday, Wednesday, I have dropped the protein bar. If you guys watch my walk videos on the Connect, you'll know. Monday, Wednesday, 
to save points, I dropped the protein bar and I moved that pair from the 10 o'clock meal to the 12.30 meal. And that made up for the fullness that I feel at that time. So I, I eat that snack. And then at 2.30 is when I have lunch. And lunch every day. Now at some point, I will get into, um, when I start to lose more points, I will have to make substitutions. And that's going to be the, the place where I do it, in lunch. Because right now I have the same lunch every day. Two slices of Arnold wheat bread, which ends up being six points. Okay? I never really mentioned how many points second breakfast is, but we're talking about two points for cottage cheese, four points for the Chobani yogurt. And again, I know there are lesser options. I choose these purposely. Cottage cheese, two points. Chobani yogurt, four points. And then the apple and the banana go there. And, oh, I'm sorry. And recently, I adopted adding Cheerios, plain Cheerios, to the Chobani yogurt, which adds another three points to the meal, making the total meal seven, uh, nine points. Okay? So on top of this, the four, at first breakfast, that's another nine, second breakfast. Now, if I have the snack and I have the protein bar, we're talking about five points. If I have the snack and it's the a- apple, it's all zero. I mean, the pear and it's all zero. Okay? So here we are at lunch. The bread that makes up my sandwich is Arnold wheat bread. I lo- I've loved Arnold since I'm a kid. It has a very firm texture. I love it. I, I'm not really digging the whole... Um, we, we have like nature's own uh, sugar-free bread... And it's supposed to be like one or two points a slice. And it's a lot less than what I eat. I get that. I, I just don't like the texture. I don't like the texture. And people have told me about 647 bread. But in Florida here, I can't find anywhere where 647 bread is available for sale. I tried to see if I can get it direct and just have it shipped to my house. But even then, I cannot order 647 bread and have it shipped to my house. So we are probably going to try the Sarah Lee bread at some point, which I understand is a less points too, but I've already been warned that those slices are very thin slices. And the, if the bread doesn't hold the sandwich together, I, I'm not going to eat it. Not going to like it. Sorry. It, that's why I choose the Arnold bread because it's firm. It's got a nice consistency texture. I'm not going to, it's not going to break apart and, and turn to dust in my hands. Okay, let's be real, because half of these breads that they're calling bread out there, it just it just falls apart. You never had a chance. But inside the sandwich is boar's head, ichiban, teriyaki, chicken breast. It's the only deli meat I know of that is actually zero points. So I put four ounces in there and I grab those individual servings of guacamole. So I get the spicy guacamole that comes in a little cup. It's three points. This brings lunch so far to nine points. I put that as the topping. No, no mayo. The guacamole is the topping of my sandwich. I put it on top, put the, put the bread back on. And now with that sandwich, I have an orange and a cup of grapes. 
every day, like like clockwork at 2.30, this is what I'm eating. So lunchtime, Monday through Friday, is nine points. And then we go into dinner, which is, it's a little bit different every night of the week, but it's the same every Monday, the same every Tuesday, the same every Wednesday, and so on. And I'm not going to break down each day. But typically at the end of the day, after I'm done uh, on a Monday through Friday, after I'm done eating everything, I'm either left with 13 points or eight points, depending on if it's a day that I got the protein bar or the pear at the 1230 snack. Okay. But the, my point in telling you all of this, my point in trying to iterate to you is I never feel hungry. Sometimes my mind tells me I'm hungry because my mind knows it's 959 and it's time to eat second breakfast. It's a mindset thing. Okay, it, I am not hungry in my stomach. I'm hungry in my mind. But since then, since I've adopted scheduled eating without worrying about if I'm tired or not, my body started to consistently drop weight. I found the caloric balance. I found where my exercise is not causing too much of a deficit so that my body goes into starvation mode. I've also made it so that I'm working hard enough that I'm not taking in too many calories and not burning enough, causing weight gain. I found the caloric balance for my body that's needed. How did I find it? Just experimentation alone. And how did I get to the point where I was comfortable with experimenting like this? Because I got to the point where I said, if I'm doing this for the rest of my life, what's the difference if I have a couple of of, weeks of gains when I'm trying an experiment? Experimenting on the journey is just an experiment. I'm not pigging out. I'm not breaking rules. I'm experimenting to see how my body reacts when I introduce things or do things a certain way changed my regimen of how I do things. And this this goes with any experiment can be considered a success or a failure. And trust me, there were times where I considered it a failure. But this was in the crash course of trying to figure out what is the balance between calories burned and calories taken in. There is a balance. I've read articles and you want to be somewhere between 500 calories and 1,000 calories of where you burn and what you take in. So if you, you, you realize just if the car just sits in the driveway and you turn it on and you walk back in the house, you're not going anywhere, but the car is still burning gas, right? You, with that analogy in mind, Your body is the same way. You could be sitting on the couch all day watching TV. Your body would require a certain amount of calories just to sit around all day and watch TV. There is a caloric deficit to be found in sitting all day and watching TV. 
This is how I made it the first six months of my journey and dropped 50 pounds with no exercise. Because I stuck to a certain spectrum of my points, which was the lower end of my point range, 44 points. Are you following me here? So because I made that choice to stay on the low end, I dropped weight consistently. But then I decided to introduce exercise and it threw the balance off. So now I had to refine the balance. I had to take more calories in in order to find the balance again. And this is where I experimented heavily using fit points. People are terrified to use fit points and weeklies or whatever it is. I changed my app so that it uses fit points first. When I go out for my walk, I earn a certain amount of points for that walk because it's automatically synced with my Fitbit. I've already gone over this. I'm not going to go over it again. A typical walk for me being four miles, I earn anywhere between 30 and 40 points during that walk. So taking that number into consideration, just to give you an example, when I was experimenting with fit points, I was doing it this way. I earned 30 points on my walk. I would eat, purposely eat, 15 of those points. I would purposely only use those 15 points on something high in protein, high in good fat. Now, this led me to the range of nuts, Nuts and peanut butter, okay? So when in, the, in reality, if you've ever had any nuts on plan, you would see you would get this tiny little bit and it would be a ton of points. So when I tell you I use 15 points in addition to my daily points, so I don't remember what I was at that time. When I got to the 50-pound range, I was somewhere in the 40-point day at that time somewhere between 45 and and 50 points or whatever, okay? And now on top of the 45, 40 points, whatever it was, I would eat all of those, and then I would additionally eat in, whether it was almonds, peanuts, cashews, whatever it was, peanut butter, a scoop of peanut butter, it literally would translate to this little tiny amount, would be 20 points, 15 points, whatever it was, of these nuts, little tiny quarter cup. We're talking about like 20 almonds, okay? And if it was almonds, a scoop, a tea, tablespoon of peanut butter. It's so such a minuscule amount to use 20 points or 15 points of these items because they're so high in point value. And I lost a lot of weight experimenting like this. I went over this in a, in a previous podcast. I lost a lot of weight. But I learned, I taught myself what my body needed and I experimented at some point. I said, I'm sick of eating almonds. I'm going to just start trying eating, not eating them anymore and see if my body goes into this halt of, okay, he's starving himself. It never happened. So at, at this point, my fit points have gone from being used on every day that I work out Versus that versus now only being used on whatever was my cheat meal of the week. I would use it on that night. Not all of them, just whatever it took on that night. And I would track everything I ate, regardless of how bad it looked on the tracker. 
Saturday night is my cheat night. That's what I do. And that's what they're used for at this point. But eating when I'm not hungry is, I believe, my biggest claim to success this time around since January 2019. Eating regardless on a schedule, 6 a.m., 10 a.m., 30, 2.30, 6.30, and that's it. 6.30 is the last meal of the night, dinner, boom, done. No more eating for the rest of the day. Go to bed, wake up, start all over again. Whatever you choose to do with this knowledge I'm trying to give you is up to you. Look, am I telling you you got to do everything my way? No, I'm not telling you that at all. But I am telling you this. I've been there. I know what it feels like to have a problem with snacking. I also know what it took to get to the point that I'm at right now. It may seem crazy to you, but I created some laws that I abide by. And when I abide by my laws, snacking is the last thing on my mind. And it's not until I transgress my laws that snacking becomes an option again. So maybe you have a problem with snacking, maybe you don't. Maybe you think I'm full of shit, maybe you don't. If you think I'm full of shit, keep doing it your way by all means. Or you could recognize the situation for what it is. Stop beating yourself up for the stupid snacking you've been doing because that's not working either. Make a serious change. Go as drastic as scheduled eating. I know, it sounds crazy. Eat when you're not hungry. If you eat when you're not hungry, you'll never actually feel hungry. And you know what happens when you don't ever feel hungry? You don't snack. You don't make bad choices because you're not hungry. It's like when people say, oh, don't ask me about what we're going to eat for dinner. I'm too full from lunch. If you take that same theology, you can add it to the bad habits and make the bad habits disappear. So, so what? Think outside the box. Choose a snack that nobody on this planet would ever consider a snack. Choose to schedule eating habits when you're not hungry to make sure that you're not hungry. Do something differently than you're doing now because the way you're doing it now, you wouldn't care to listen to this episode if you were successful at it. All you need to do is sometimes you got to think something from an outside perspective. Make a change. Do something you wouldn't normally do. Because you know what? That one thing you wouldn't normally do or that one thing you think is totally crazy, it might just be crazy enough to work. And in the end, it doesn't matter what didn't work. It only matters what worked. Because you're worth it. You're worth the experimentation of what it takes to get it right.
I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.